0: Welcome to another episode of The Rowing Revolution with Carlos Daenerys and Barney Williams. Uh, those of you that have listened in before know we're gonna get right to it. We do wanna thank you, of course, for sharing. Um, that is something that we've committed to is a grassroots growth of this community. And we believe that by challenging us all to reflect and take a really good moment in time each and every day, if possible, to appreciate our opportunities, to meet our struggles head on, then together we grow and together we learn. And uh, today our conversation, our topic is pure and it's about something that each and every person experiences, rowers and, and others. Um, and that's the idea of transition and transition moving from one set of experiences, one environment, one set of uh, goalposts and potentially looking for others. And I think Carlos, that's really what I know as rowers. We all love objective data. We get to know who crosses the line first. We know what the lowest split is. We know about how much weight's on the bar in the gym. And now here we are faced with parenting challenges and professional challenges where those goalposts are are fleeting at best. They're moving at all times. Um, So maybe just dive us into this concept, you know, that our audience has challenged us to bring forward. We have some great guests coming up and they've kindly noted that they love talking about the past but what they really want to talk about is how does that past inform the present how does it set them up for the challenges we're facing right now and what are we facing well with ai and chat gpt you and i may have a short timeline to create this podcast because there could be another uh, a force of nature out there that, that kicks us out of the way but for the time being we've got a captive audience we've got a great topic today and so Carlos, let's dive in with this idea of transition. What does that meaning for you? What are your sort of first thoughts as we, we go here?
1: I mean, we all, you know, we all go through transitions all, all over, you know, our lives. And to me, you know, the, the transition from, you know, being young, you know, having a clear goal, you know, that is getting better, you know, you had a good practice or you won a race or you got, you hit a good split. Or you know the coach is telling you, showing you video, your technique, your blade is getting better. You know if you're a rower or, or you know you're a student, and your grades you know are good. You've been studying, you put a lot of effort, and you get good grades. So everything is so simple, so um, easy to determine if it's good or bad. And um and also I remember Barney, you know um when you're a student. You know, you people ask you, "What are you doing?" Oh, I, you know, I, I'm studying that, and they leave you alone. Oh, good. And then when you're a rower, what are you trying to do? Oh, I'm trying to, you know, make you know the team in my university, or I'm trying to make the national team, or you know, in, or try to go to a world championships or, or go to the Olympics. Whatever the goal is, you know, and people, oh, good. You know, they they kind of like, and you have a purpose, and it's so defined, so. You know, it's like you can write it in a paper. It just, you know, is is it, it has dots. It, it, it's just like you can write a journal clearly, and you can see through the journal, I'm hitting my goal, you know, I'm 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 hitting all these millstones. It's so precise, it's so um it feels so healthy because it's so ingrained in what we want, and we see that path in our brain, and all of a sudden. That goes away and it's like you you jump into to me, it was like jumping in, you know. I never jump out of a plane, you know, with a parachute, but you guess it's gonna open. And to me, you know, I I feel like when I stopped rowing and I decided to to just transition, it felt like um. I jump out of a plane and that thing didn't open. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it's gonna open and it didn't <laughs> open. And I say, and then you start guessing, well, is that thing gonna open or no? You're gonna crash against the ground. And and it was it was I, I wasn't prepared. I, I never thought when I was in this very clear um path where everything was so clear. That when I will transition to the other one, it won't be the same way. I I, I just use the same, I use the same rules, you know. Okay, you know, right. if you work hard, you're gonna do well. If you, um, if you know, people say that you're doing better, you're doing great. If you, I don't know, like I mean, it, it, but it wasn't like that. I I I I just missed so many points, and I. I just didn't get the the results or the satisfaction by using the same rules. So I kind of crashed and I was getting older, you know, I wasn't as young as when I was, you know, in school or rowing and, and I had to accept that. And I mean, you know, you, you start feeling it, the years start, you know, feeling it and it's not a bad thing, but you have to come into peace with that.
0: It, it, the image is very powerful. Of, of jumping out of that plane because interestingly, you've talked about this before, you don't necessarily choose when that moment is. So it's not even necessarily a choice. It could be an injury. It could be, uh, you know, just the, the end of a period of time, whether it's a, a student athlete, you've graduated and, and, and you are being politely informed that your time uh, on campus has come to an end. Um, and even in the cases where you made the decision ahead of time, there is still that unknown that you're jumping into. And I think that's gonna be very, very relatable to our audience. Um, And and just for context, the reason that this topic is being brought forth today is because we have a number of guests who've indicated to us uh, that they would love to join us to pick up on some of this energy that they've listened to and they've experienced through these amazing conversations that we've had with some, some fantastic members of our community. But one thing they wanted to do was talk about the now talk about the present and 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 carlos i think what we're both prepared to say is it's bittersweet you know this 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 reality of aging of course and and adding in the level of responsibility that comes with that should you choose to engage as a parent of some fashion whether it's um, you know a mother or a father of course very different roles that level of responsibility, that recognition of you're no longer special. Talk about being one of eight billion. But then trying to couch that for your community, for your family, for your friends in a positive light. I mean, how do you do that? Now, okay, take us, you're midstream, you're falling, your parachute's not opening, but you can't afford to complain. You can't afford to, you know, be kind of draining other people's energy around you because you're contributing to them. You're supporting them. So how have you found that? you know, chapter for you as a father now and a, and a husband and a professional.
1: Well, I, you know, I, I mean, one thing is, is clear to me, you know, when you're young and when you're in that phase of studying and rowing, it means, you know, you haven't had, you know, the life experience you have later and you need to go through that. And, you know, when I try now and, you know, and you do, and, you know, listeners, you know, they put themselves on that phase. Or maybe they are now, you know, somebody's listening and he's rowing now, and he thinks, well, you know, I'm gonna go there, but I don't worry right now. It, and 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 you know, it's it's fair. But I I I remember that um, you know, when you are in this in this moment of of simplicity and everything, you know, is so clear what you have to do. When I transition to to let go of that power. I, I I just thought that I could power through everything. And then what I found out is that I crashed. I crashed because I had to be more a team player in the real world. I had to be, um, and I had to learn about myself. Hmm. I had to learn, you know, right then what made me happy was to have good grades and to achieve results. I mean, the grades maybe wasn't my choice. It was like society was telling me you have to go to school. You have to go good grades. It's like, you know, when you move on to the real life, Barney, right. they say you have to make money, yeah. what's your job. So the schooling part, maybe, you know, it was kind of ingraining me, like by society, my environment, but the rowing wasn't. Like my parents never told me I had to do sports. They, you know, they never asked me why they didn't regatta or no. They didn't really care they only care that you know i was passionate about it and just do it you know they 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 it wasn't for them anything that they value it was important for them so i did it for myself so so when that part was gone um and i moved to the real world then um i just felt like okay you know i have to get a job and i have to make money and i forget about well, what what do i want to do for myself like what what is important for me like that question i didn't even ask it so it, i was like kind of absorbed by the energy of my environment of what i'm supposed to do and then what i found out is that i was so obsessed about that and it maybe came from my accident or whatever that i powered through so much that i just didn't um didn't didn't just Pause and think and understand and then um and then just I had to learn through through crashes you know so so just to make a picture I jump out of the parachute it doesn't open I crash and then somebody tells me, okay Carlos, you have a second life let's get mm-hmm. back on the plane and let's try again and then I crash again you know in a totally different environment and then uh, eventually I figure out that if I didn't want to crash I just had to or open it or put a parachute on it. I figured out I was jumping out of the plane with no parachute and I was totally naive about <laughs> aging. You know, I, I thought that we're never gonna age. So that was another thing about aging. Um, Not that I'm frustrated about aging. I'm just trying to accept it. You know, I think, yeah. uh, you know, the, there is en- energy levels. There is gains of weight and you you just cannot do everything you used to do. You know, there is a big rock and, you know, you could move anything and now you need to be careful. You're going to hurt your back. Well, these are little things, but, you know, they are there. Yeah, I
0: I, I think for those that have listened to the iPad, they, they won't be surprised at how powerful your mind is in terms of constructing a visual representation of what you're feeling. And what I'm really interested in and listening to you talk about now with the parachute is the idea of when we're young, uh, we've both of us had the opportunity, as you said, through a lot of uh, experiences, uh, a lot of challenges to learn the value of a parachute. But without those learnings, without those experiences, you, you do kind of feel like, well, maybe I, I, I can do it without that knowledge or without that reflection. You know, you talked about the necessity to pause and reflect and really define what's most important. And here we are, you know, I mentioned the chat, GPT, uh, AI topic off the top. It's, it's really, I think, forcing us as humans to reflect on what's most important to us because we are living in the most incredible time ever in terms of choice and opportunity. But there's consequences for those choices and those opportunities. And what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, in the past, not that it's smart to jump out without a parachute, but the premise of I can bounce off the ground, you know, I, I can spring back up. That's not now available to us either because we don't have the time to recover because we've got other responsibilities we have to meet or our body or our mind isn't capable of doing that. And so, you know, I think this is what transition is all about is almost, as you said, acquiring the knowledge so when you look at that now and you've got the parachute on your back, I, I'm hearing you say there is a parachute on your back. What is that filled with other than the, the fabric and the, and the actual cloth of the, fa- of the parachute? What are those things that you've put into that to build that parachute now that lets you respectfully float down versus crash with these new experiences of being a father, of being a, a professional in a, in a country where for English isn't your first language? What are those kind of things that you can reflect on now that you have that can really help someone out there thinking about how to navigate these challenging times?
1: Well, I I think is, is, I think when, when I was young and I was rowing and I was, you know, going to school or my first job, everything about who I was and my validations were determined by my environment. And I, I, you know, and and of course, I wanted to do the things. You know, as you said, you know, I had the accident, and I really wanted to get better at rowing, but it was kind of that feel of I have to prove it, and and if I only had to prove it to myself, I didn't need to race anybody. I right. could you know go on the gym, race, or get on the boat and then race two thousand meters and feel like okay, I'm going that fast, and next once I want to go faster. So the need of competing. And beating others was a need of validation of recognition, which we all have, you know, we are humans. And uh, the same thing with grades, you know, if you if you are looking for the grades, it's because you want to prove that you're doing well in relationship to your peers. And if not, you can study out of the books or the internet and you don't need to go to school. You can do it on your own. So so it's a, it's a lot about that. And and as I transition, I learned, uh, Barney, that I, I learned to to identify like where are the things that were making me do things for others and what are the things that make me do things for me. And and thing I learned is to 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 try to think very simple, to try to simplify things and to try to to realize, okay, what are the things I need to stay alive? Mm. Do I have those? And because when I was rowing, I was so obsessed about rowing that I didn't even think I was alive. I didn't even understand that, you know, it, it was just was a, a given, you know. Right. Well, of course I'm alive, of course I'm young, of course I'm healthy, of course I'm powerful, but as life goes on and and the transition, I realized like, okay, you know, I I, I was kind of, you know, I needed to slow down and and, you know, there were challenges coming that weren't like chosen by me because as I embrace, you know, age and as I embrace, you know, having kids and, you know, having a shelter where, you know, to put my family, you have bills, you have obligations, you have to provide. So things become, um you know, it, it, you don't do them anymore just because you want to, but because you have to in a way, because you choose that path and um, and you cannot you cannot jump out of the ship, you know, when you have a family and you have kids and you, and you know, and there is a problem you need to solve it. When you're rowing, you can say tomorrow, oh, I don't wanna row anymore. And that's fine, you know, then you don't row anymore. You're gonna do something else. So there is not really responsibilities um, if you jump out of the ship compared with later in life. So I think the simple things and, and, and you know, it helps me always like, okay, do I have food? Yes, we have food. Do I have a place to stay? Yeah, I have a place to stay and I'm thankful for it. Do I have freedom? Like, you know, can right. I do what I want? Yeah, I have freedom. Do I have, you know, relationships? Yeah, I have my family, I have some friends. And and do I'm healthy? Yeah. So then when I realize that I have all of those that are very basic, but, you know, kind of are the only important things I need to really keep moving forward and, and feel fulfilled, then I say, well, what I need that much validation of what is around me to tell me that I'm self-worth something or let this environment tell me if I'm living my life well. Because at the end of the day, as we mentioned before, Barney, when we're going to die and we're going to look back, you know, in, in the last two hours before we die, that we're going to be alone and we look back at our life. And, you know, the real thing that we're going to, I feel always every day that is going to be important is I feel like I spend my time for things that matter to me and the people I care. Yeah. Not that I I had self validation or I accomplished a lot. Like, I mean, it's important to accomplish as long as it's important to you. Not that you do it to please others. And I think that transition of learning to achieve that, that comes with experience this time, it, it just have brought me a lot of um, peace and And it has given me a lot of satisfaction that I'm living, you know, a a purposeful life for for me and the things I care about.
0: You know, you're kind of echoing some pretty powerful sentiments that uh, I've listened to recently on a a number of podcasts and and in different books. Um, I, I hope this works for people in terms of recognizing that, you know, we're living in a day and age of access to information and the ability to use others' experiences. Which that's what we've talked about is the power of others' experiences uh, can, can really uh, help us to navigate our own challenges. And so it's very interesting because what I'm extracting from you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what I want to kind of clarify is you're talking about almost becoming more appreciative of the, the basics. Uh, and, and is that not... A beautiful sort of way to actually reduce the stress that comes from what our competitive nature is, right? Our instinct to, to, to compete as athletes, maybe as, as student athletes, we were driven to compete. Well, let's be transparent. In this big world of 8 billion people, it's going to be pretty hard to get to the top of that based on the goalposts that are out there in sort of the real world, whether it's financial. Um, you know, uh, materialistic, those goalposts, (laughs) you're you're very unlikely to get to the very top of. And, but by focusing on the basics, I'm hearing you describe a sense of calmness and a a real sense of appreciation for what we do have, you know, almost focusing more on, again, what we do have, not what we don't have. Now, why this matters to me and, and why I think this is important is because that's not necessarily a natural experience coming out of the backgrounds that our community has right where you're striving you're pushing to be the best and you don't want to feel like you're taking it easy you, as you said it's good to have goals it's good to have aspirations um i i, I think this is again why our well community... that,
1: that's that's a good point and i and i am all about um pushing and all about finding your limit and all about like um you know, having big dreams and trying to be the best you can be, but do it for yourself. Don't do it for others because that's the problem. I think what it becomes unhealthy is when you are trying to please others by, you know, by pushing yourself so that you can get validation. So it's it's, it's like that kind of idea of, you know, like to me was very powerful when I was a rower because my parents, I don't know if I mentioned before, they didn't know anything about rowing and they didn't care at all. So the rowing world was mine. So when I will go to a race and I would lose, if I did, you know, normally, you know, I mean, if it was a big race, you know, I have a big chance to lose. And I was unhappy because I wanted to do better. And I dreamed of being on the podium and I couldn't be on the podium in that regatta. And I came back and worked harder, I felt so good that my parents didn't ask me who I did because I didn't have to please them or I didn't have to justify what I did well or not because it was for me. Mm-hmm. So then I could keep it internally and I felt it was so healthy and pure that I had that world on my own where my parents didn't judge me if I won or lost races or didn't feel bad when I lost because they didn't even know. So
0: you know but but there it is. So what you've done now is brought us back to why we are calling this a revolution is it's changing the way we're thinking that rowing is giving us the basics. Rowing is giving us again those life skills, those incredibly sort of powerful relationships and bonds for life that will ha- help us navigate Quote unquote life and, and, and the real world because what you just said Carlos strikes a chord for me it was a humble undertaking yes there was the uh, opportunity to pursue maybe uh, a very cool moment in terms of collegiate rowing at the national championships or international rowing at the world championships but fundamentally day to day the day in day out was humble it was basic it was a healthy pure physical pursuit And that gives us such an appreciation for what now you're describing as your parachute needs to be filled with, which is the basics and that ability to appreciate the basics. Having food in the fridge, having a roof over your head, having good, strong relationships, you know, really strong relationships with your community, with your family, with your friends. Those things don't fit into the sort of current landscape right now that maybe is being promoted or presented in a kind of individualistic pursuit of, you know, the top of the food chain pr- approach, right? They're, 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 they're kind of off the side. They're, they're seen as basics, but really they can be seen as hugely valuable, hugely r- powerful assets and, r- and, and things to be grateful for. And you just nailed it because you're saying back when you were rowing, that's what you were appreciating. It, wasn't, it was a chance to go out and compete as opposed to the fame or the money that came from rowing.
1: Yeah, no, no, I I totally agree. And I think that that transition from, um, you know, and I see it now, you know, I have a, a Jordan that is 18, that is, you know, starting in college. And I have a, a two, a three years old and a five years old, you know, and I look at them and I'm, you know, and, you know, they're going to go through that and I'm trying to, as a parent, to prepare them for that, um, but to don't get too involved because I I do see the power of, um, you know, that my parents weren't involved and how that helped me to be my own, but also it's a different world now. And, you know, they have a lot more exposure to information that we had. And uh, there is a lot more distractions than we had. Right. And... Uh, I think there is more pressure now either also, because um, there is more data. So you can compare more about, oh, are you doing well or not? And it's uh, it's also relative, you know, because I mean, you can be doing really well when you're 10 or 15 or 20, but you know, if when you're 30, you're depressed or you're unhappy, or you know, you are making bad choices about your health, you know, who cares? good the milestone you were hitting with at 20, 25 or 15, correct? Well, like life is a long path.
0: Right. And, and again, as parents, and I'm glad you brought that up because again, I think that's another very significant feature of the transition. Now, amazingly, yeah. we've seen athletes with young children out there. That's incredible to witness and, and, and see that in, amazing demonstration of balance and perspective. And in many cases, we've heard certainly from some um, mothers out there that have returned to sport, that they feel even more connected to their sport. They're more appreciative of it because they have this perspective of responsibility and privilege and and how lucky they are to do it. So I think that the parenting concept is is really cool that you brought that up because we have a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, an 11-year-old. And And Carlos, I don't want to dampen their enthusiasm for life. I don't want to destroy their belief that anything's possible. I want them to have what we had, which was this sense of joy of exploration, the courage to jump out of a plane (laughs) without a parachute. I mean, that was the sense of, you know, anything's possible. But then it's acknowledging that that may or may not end up giving you a career it may not end up giving you the basics. And so then it's the awareness of those basics that you need to uh, be excited about and and, and committed to. And I, I, again, I'm going on on this because this is a crazy time now, as you said, that's different for us to face as, 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 as we go through kind of our midlife moment here, but it's certainly different for our children to face. You and I both had a crazy moment where we realized that Tavin and Jordan are having a break from screens by playing sport now that's their break from screens it's not a it's not a couple hours a day they're constantly engaged now with technology because of the power of it because of the efficiency of it but now more than ever the basics that rowing is giving uh jordan or soccer is giving taven is really coming to the surface in terms of a value of sport you know oh, I,
1: is- I mean i i i agree i mean i if you ask me as a parent now why I know certain about my kids that are three and five is that they're gonna do sports. I don't yeah. care if they're competitive or not. I don't care about what they achieve. They're gonna do sports and they're gonna work hard on sports. I'm gonna try to push them on sports or you know play an instrument, something. They're gonna try to build skill on it and they're gonna need to put work to stay away from screens. Because I think in this time, you know, for for us was, you know, for me was stay out of trouble if you do sports because you you don't have that time to be on the street, you know, getting in trouble or, you know, but we didn't have iPads or we didn't have iPhones or we didn't have internet, you know, when I was young. Right. Uh, But now you know sports are crucial i think sports are going to save the kids that they have to do it you know and the same thing in college you know i think sports in college are becoming more powerful now than they were and and i want my kids to play sports to to just learn the lessons through sports that they're not going to learn you know in front of a, of a of a of a screen at all
0: no i when when you said it you broke it down in terms of Jordan's reality uh, at university and the demands that are on him academically in in terms of producing um, this content for his courses. And all of it has to be produced largely on a screen now that it's the time in the boat. That's his break from screens and and same here for, for Tavin. It's the time on the pitch. It's the time in the gym playing pickup basketball. And, you know, I think this is so unique in terms of now we're talking about encouraging we're going to encourage our kids to do sport or to encourage them to take on a hobby and a passion i, I i'm going to reference and I, you and i talked uh, about this podcast that i shared with you and and then shout out to the uh the leaders of the podcast world uh, rich roll did a uh, a podcast with arthur brooks and there uh, arthur brooks talked about this crazy recognition of the fact that as you age you will transition from a period of fluid intelligence, where really anything's possible, your mind and your body are firing at all cylinders, to a moment where you can't even do the math problems that you did to produce your thesis in university in your 40s and 50s. And the transition is brutal in that sense and the responsibility to move beyond that identity. He was a French horn player. He was playing at the highest of levels and now won't even pick up the French horn, of course, because he can't play it at the level he used to play it at. The point I'm saying, Carlos, if we're talking about transition now for us and for our community, it's going to be even more important for our kids because they're going to have to have that ability to commit to something fully and then know it will end, right? Know that it will come a point at which it will no longer be what it is and they'll have to move on from it. And I think the ability to deal with that I I, I, Again, I think the the mindset required to kind of embrace that discomfort, embrace that challenge, that's what you and I are both fascinated by. And that's what we know our community can listen to from some of our amazing guests. I mean, do you remember Olena describing her state of readiness to pick up a gun and shoot to get to the front lines and fight for freedom and how she was able to draw back on her rowing experiences that gave her that strength, that gave her that belief that in the third 500, I've been in bad, bad places. Nothing's gonna hurt me. I, You know, that, that does that kind of land well with you in terms of how the transition can not necessarily be easy, but it can be drawing upon what we've learned from, from sport?
1: I know, absolutely. I, I think, you know, like to me, you know, I look back at my life, and the best part of my life was, you know, I, I mean, I won't say the best part because every part of my life has been it it's been good. It's been teaching me things, and I'm thankful I'm here, and I'm still, you know, explaining things at you know at at now, and and hopefully I have few more years ahead of me, you know, which I always think that I only want them to give them to my kids because you know they need me as to be their dad, so that motivates me to keep pushing because I, you know, I'm happy with what I had and I, you know, if I had to go now, I mean, you know, many had to go a lot younger than me, so I'll just accept it and, you know, and and be thankful for what I had. But, you know, I have an obligation to keep giving to my kids so they're young, so I'll try to keep pushing. But besides that, you know, one thing that came to my mind, Barney, as we talk about our kids is um, when I was growing up, I think because we didn't have screens, you know, the relationship with my friends and my peers was very powerful. And we had a lot of relationships because we were on the street board and, you know, we, we were talking and now they don't do that anymore because they have the screens. They talk on the phones between each other and they are looking at, you know, the computer or whatever the screens is all the time. I don't blame them for it because, it, you know, it's what it is. So So now I feel like or i feel in you know i'm not going to say what others feel i just i feel like as a parent i have a, a bigger responsibility my parents have with me of right. of of being close to my kids because i feel they are not having the relationships because of the way things work so i have to be close and i have to be available for them not just to provide food but to, to be there when things go bad or when things get challenging, to, to be there to, to support them. Because I don't think there is many people out there to support them because everybody's on their own, you know, on the screens and everybody's putting the nice things on the screens. They don't put the hurt or the challenges. And, and then, you know, they escape with, you know, drugs or alcohol and they avoid it, but they they don't face it. so. I I feel to me as a parent you know I have I have a you know I enjoy it but I I I just I'm very aware I'm very present that you know I'm going to be here and I'm going to if they are struggling on the transition or or things are getting right. tough and they feel they are a victim or something I'm going to be there to answer the questions and and give them a hug or hold their hands like as you will do as a coach you know um, if they, if they want me because I'm, you know, I'm available and it's not going to be, it's going to be consistent, you know, I'm going to do it through time. And, you know, and that takes time. And that's why I'm so present on their life because, you know, you cannot come and go because, you know, they don't trust you then. So I don't know how you feel about that, but the screen thing to me is becoming um, a realization that I have to be more present.
0: Well, what of course is uh sinking in as as we knew it would today is a respect of the value of raw sort of unfiltered conversations. And and I think when you're talking about the parenting side of it, the, the need to be vulnerable and, and and respectful of the challenges that are kids are facing and how they're different than anything we've faced before is one of the biggest challenges that that I think our community would probably say that they're facing is how do you relate when times are so different? You know, how do you m- connect to someone's challenges that you didn't face yourself? And that's what, again, I'm feeling like this transition is all about, is actually looking back at the struggle actually looking back at the discomfort and, the, and the, again, I'm going to use another one of our influences right now, Carlos, that has really propelled your and I's relationship forward because we share so much of these different, um, I guess, voices in the community right now that are trying to distill down the facts to distill down the truth. And what you've just painted is a very raw and real picture is we're not equipped We don't have the experiences to deal with this technology in terms of our upbringing. And here's what worked for us. And therefore we're kind of flying blind into it. We're trying to trust our instincts. And I think it's a bit of a unique landscape where we're going to have to go back and look at how we dealt with adversity and dealt with struggle. And it sucks. To be honest, it sucks to have difficult conversations with the kids when they're pushing back and saying, don't you want me to have fun? This is fun for me. And I'm going, well, I, I, I agree that some of it's fun, I think too much of it isn't fun. I think it's unhealthy. And and so, you know, we've mentioned Arthur Brooks, and maybe this is the goal of this podcast. Everyone's going to go get a guest back because you guys are pulling in too many external voices here. But uh, Dr. Gaber Mate um, has done some brilliant work looking at childhood trauma, suggesting that maybe a lot of people's issues are all rooted in that. And God forbid now you and I have to unpack our own trauma, let alone those of uh, the the kids that we're uh, raising, but he suggested that, and I like this. Just got a, a quote out of uh, out of a, a, a section of his book. He says, "I have never encountered anyone who was not spurred along their path of growth and change by some setback or loss, some illness, anguish, alienation. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how we choose to see it." Life has a way of delivering the requisite suffering right to our doorstep. And I think that's kind of where we're at is let's talk about the suffering. It's not about the difficulty of being a human being, that is given, that's welcome to the real world. But the suffering side of it and kind of digging into it, Carlos, I mean, you've been very politely challenging me on my transition and I had to let it die. And now I'm out looking for work. And what a weird experience that is at 46 years old to be trying to present myself right in, in some fashion as a quote unquote, you know, key uh, asset or a valuable asset to an organization. It, it's, a, it's a bizarre experience, but it's one that I can share and suggest that it's actually for my kids probably valuable for them to see me going through it to realize it's not all roses and rainbows and 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 it's not all going to always turn out really really well but how we push through it is going to make a difference i i i i I don't sense i have to tell you that after the accident that you injured but is that kind of in your world something you can see now our value of of sharing these sufferings with us rather than kind of glossing over or pretending they don't happen
1: well i mean society doesn't want to hear about the sufferings because it's all about being flashy and success and they want to hear the sex stories because everybody's chasing that, you know, and I don't blame it. I I think the reality is everybody has setbacks. Everybody has sufferings. Everybody is going to deal with the suck and everybody is going to hurt. If they haven't, they will because, you know, it's very, you know, a lot of things can happen and money doesn't solve everything. You know, money solves a lot of problems, but, you know, it doesn't solve everything. And and what I will say is, you know, in the transition to me, one I think I learned is to embrace and be appreciative of the discomfort. Mm. And one thing I learned the most, Barney, is the more along I get in my life, the more I realize that when I don't have discomfort in my life, I'm not doing well because then I'm just becoming too pessimistic. I'm overthinking things. I'm overanalyzing. I'm just starting to become critical of things that don't matter. I'm becoming to be a negative person. And I think, you know, to me, I, I cannot talk for others, but the the sense of discomfort uh, brings me brain peace. And what kind of discomfort? Then one can be just cut things that give me pleasure. You know, for example, you know, if I enjoy... Um, you know, like sitting on the couch because it's easy and, you know, exercising is hard and, uh, you know, I, and I don't have the energy, then I try to, you know, force myself into exercise and something that hurts me mm. so that I can feel um, that I can feel the balance. So before I exercise when I transition from rowing to real life, I exercise to to juice because of the endorphins, I guess, yes. or because of the habit yes, or because of I didn't want to let go or because, you know, I I had the habit and I wanted to keep going. And then I stopped exercising because I was busy. I didn't have time. I got overweight. I got lazy, No lazy. You know, it's like humans, you know, like we are wired to sit and overeat fat so that you know, we can survive and you know, um pick when there is no food, we have that fat to survive. And then when we need to go for a hunt, um we have that energy because we've been resting and sleeping. So we can have that energy to to go kill something. So now you know that doesn't work. You know, if you see it and you don't exercise, you know, you don't need to go for a hunt. The fridge is full. So it's kind right. of it's kind of very, very um you know the, the whatever your brain or your genes are telling you that you know uh, is good for you or it feels good is just destroying you. So I I I now I I find out that when I bring uh, this comfort into my life, you know I bring it to give me balance, not to to juice the endorphins. You know because to be honest, like when I sit, you know if I sit on the rowing machine or I go for a run, and I just pushing myself and uh, before i will come back home when i was young and i feel good and you know mm. you get these shot of endorphins and this energy now i'm exhausted <laughs> all day you know i feel awful like i really don't get any endorphin but because i felt that pain and i felt that discomfort and i did it i i just say well you know i prefer now you know, what I feel like maybe it's not that good, it, it all of a sudden becomes good because that thing was hurting so much. Or-
0: well, So that's you, your you know, contrast idea, right? That's yes. the idea of contrast.
1: Yes, yeah. to bring contrast, to don't have everything just to be, you know, it's like, for example, like if you eat, you know, if you if you say, you know, I'm not gonna eat as much. Well, it's not comfortable. But, you know, like some people do it to lose weight. And I I think that's fair, you know, and and we always with aging, we gain weight. But, you know, is 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 also good to say, you know what, to feel hungry. Yeah. It makes you appreciate food when you have it. So, you you know, try to control so that you don't become like eating just because the the fact of you want to eat. And and again, that's a little that mindset of of bringing a little of of, um. Of, of pain or or hurt to yourself that we had, you know, when we were young and growing, and you need to spend all night studying because you have that test, you know. Then, um, you know, and and again, you know, like I I bet you know you know at work we all have stress and and we all have um, challenges and but you know but I I'm talking more about physical things. Well, I think I'm talking about like limiting uh, in you know donating as much to feel what it feels like or to exercise to feel that you are pushing your body and then it, release your, it releases your brain and um, it makes you to feel calmer.
0: Well, I, I think you've touched on a very massive transition, uh, you know, forget the idea of moving from sport and from being a student athlete into quote unquote, the real world. Our species is going through a transition, right? So our so as a, as a species in the last, hundreds of years, we've transitioned from a place where physical discomfort was part of your day-to-day existence. As you said, maybe got past the, the, the hunting for your dinner, um, but you certainly had to still farm for your food. You still had to do that physical effort to exist, to survive. And now we've come to a place with technology with incredible efficiencies where that's lacking. And I'm fascinated by now the responsibility you've just pointed out, you know, trends like intermittent fasting or cold plunging, you know, shout out to our uh, community here that's jumping into the ocean every day. Uh, I see it left, right and center. It's a fabulous uh, example of how by having that discomfort and challenging the body, you get a response from it. And particularly from the mind, because the mind gets a break. It has to focus its energy
1: on- exactly. I, 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 that that you got it. Like is that discomfort make you to focus on something that is not pleasant and then it releases the brain from um from all this negative thinking or you know all this pressure that you know is it, it just can get on a roller coaster and then you start being negative and there is no reason to be negative. You have all the basics. you know, you have food, you have some kind of shelter. You have freedom so you can choose what you want. As I said, you have a community, friends and family. And, you know, hopefully you're healthy or, you know, you're still here. So, you know, but sometimes you have to shake yourself, say, okay, you know, it's like, you know, sit on the rowing machine and do, you know, 1000 meters all out. And no, 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 no.
0: (laughs) You know exactly what every person's thinking when you describe what they need to do, which is 70 minutes at rate 38. Um, But, you know, bang on, right? Get that reminder now of the past experiences you've had. I think this is where our future conversations are going to point towards, right? Is how are we using the past to sort of navigate the present and ultimately the future? And you're, again, drawing on something here about getting uncomfortable, getting uh, out of your comfort zone. And I think what sport has done and rowing particularly has done is given us an ability to do that. It's not hard to do that, having done what we've done before. Right. There's a familiarity there.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, exactly. I mean, it's it's funny you say that because when I talk to Jordan, I, my son, I always tell him, you know, um, You're going to row in college, you're rowing in college and you, you know, you, you, you learned this, I say the most important thing, or one of the valuable things of what you're doing now is that you learn to exercise. And I feel so thankful that I had that Uh, when I was young, because now, you know, I could, you know, I, I, I. been times in my life that I didn't exercise because I was busy or I was tired. I just didn't want to exercise and I didn't want to do it just because I had to do it. Maybe it wasn't a good choice because my body paid for it, but it was its just like the up and downs you go, like the the transitions or whatever. And then uh, you, you have to see both sides correct of the coin to make a choice. If you always see the same size of the coin, you don't know what's on the other side. And right. I think it's, it's beautiful to, you know, it's like you, you say, you know, I'm 46 and I'm looking for a job. I say, well, somebody who has a job or who has a career and he says, oh, you know, feel sorry for yourself. And I say, well, you know, what you're going now is hard, is an experience and a lot of good things might come out of it. But and is- you're able to spend that time and energy now differently than most of the people. So, you know, instead of feeling like it's good or bad, just embrace it and get the most out of that situation. But but that, Carlos, that's
0: what Gabermate Mate was saying is depending on how we choose to see it. Correct. You just nailed it. The coin has two sides. Which side are you going to look at? Well, I can tell you right now, sitting on the ergometer is humbling slash horrifying in terms of one side of the coin which is, it's not pretty. The splits are terrible. The body is aching. The, everything feels really stiff. There's no flow. Where, where's that free speed? But then on the other side of the coin, there's that sense of just, you know, again, challenging the heart, the, the, and you hear about this all the time, right? Rowing, the rowing machine is the most effective tool for, for working out. And, and you never thought of it when you were doing it as an athlete. Now, how lucky are we that we can use the tool properly? We know how to use it, but that humility and that—and again, how do you see it?
1: Well, and, and, and you know, you touch on a, a very interesting thing that to me is we hear it over and over. And let's be present now when I mention it. Let's let's really think about it, like the the word time. Okay like the only thing that we're going to go what we go through life that is running away from us is time and i bet when you are 85 if you make it there you know or 80 mm. or, you know i don't know i mean i don't know if i'll make it there hopefully i do um you have a sense of you're running out of time mm. when you're 20 you don't have a sense because you could see you know there is plenty of life ahead so that feel of time is so relative. And I'm fascinated by it. And what I mean with relative, I mean, for us, the ones that we wrote, if I ask you, when you do an ERG test or a regatta, I mean, regatta, you are a little more in, you know, is a different feel. Let's do an ERG test because it's more simple. Uh, 2000 meters, that is, you know, around <laughs> six minutes. Okay. And, and And let's say you are not. You are not in your best moment and you have to produce that score and you attack a split that is not very smart. Right. How long it feels the last thousand meters. I mean, every second looks like eternal. Right. Right. It's it's like it's like we go through a month of life and it feels it goes faster than a second on that earth test. Mm. And that has me captivated and, you know. So I say, OK, you know, if I look at my clock, the seconds are moving and um, every second, you know, there is you can see the seconds move on the clock. So let's say you wake up on the morning, you go in a room, you close the door. There is nothing on the room and you have a clock with seconds, you know, and then you look at the clock for an hour. It's going to look like that hour is going to feel eternal, like an earthquake. Mm. And then when you are distracted or when you are really engaging things, or when you're yeah. absorbed by things, you know, the time flies. So to me, as I said, you know, I need to bring um, pain, not pain, but contrast to my life on the way of um, pushing my body about, you know, cutting food or cutting pleasure, you know, like saying, you know, I'm not gonna drink alcohol. You know, when right. I drink alcohol, right. it brings me the joy of um, relaxing and disconnecting, you know? then i say well then i'm not going to disconnect if i you know i'm not going to take the alcohol to give me that i'm just trying to do it say, or i'm going to deal with it because that's going to be um that's going to be the exercise i do so with the same thing i i do it with time so that's why mm-hmm. i like um you know times to be bored or doing nothing to to slow down time and there is at the beginning i remember when i transition When I was in in school and rowing, I had such a busy schedule because it's like, okay, 6 a.m., wake up, go to practice, drive to school, do all these classes. Okay, Uh, in the middle of the day, try to do a a run or a away session, then go there. I I have to do that or whatever, you know, and then I need to go to bed at that. Everything was by the minute, you know, and it felt so good that I could program everything. So then- Mm. You know, this to do list points here, bop, bop, bop. And then, and then I realized, and then, you know, that didn't help me on the transition because I had to feel like I had to fill the time. And one thing I learned is like, you know, I need to bring moments of being bored, like doing nothing to slow down so that I can appreciate I'm alive. Because if I'm always filling the time with something, I feel I'm gonna die. And then look back and say, what have I done with my life? Oh, you achieve all that. But I wasn't present. I was always trying to achieve, achieve, achieve. Get to that point. Get to the point that just life flew by and then I'm dead.
0: But I I think you've just brought us again back to this unique word that we started out with, which is transition and how applicable it is in so many different senses. What you're painting, again, goes back to 20s, 30s versus 40s, 50s, 60s. We actually feel differently. We see things differently. Our brain chemistry is different. Our body chemistry is certainly different. So what you just said about time in your 20s and that busy, if you imposed boredom, if you imposed breaks on, on, on us when we were in our 20s, we'd look at you and go, this is ridiculous. We're wasting time. We need yeah. to do stuff. But so there it is. It's, it's that transition is actually healthy, it's necessary to actually respect what's going on with our body and our mind. But but,
1: but yeah, yeah. you nailed it. You nailed it. But listen, one thing. When I was with that busy schedule, okay, and I will get on the public transportation in Barcelona to go to practice when I still didn't drive. I didn't have a phone. Right. So I have to sit on the bus to go to practice. And I had to look on the window or look at the people on the bus or just take a nap. Mm. Now they are looking at the we're looking at the phone. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I when I had that busy schedule and I say I don't have time to do, but there were those transition moments that I was bored or resting, or I was observing, or I was present, what's going on around me. Now we're like zombies with the phone, looking at the phone because we don't know. So, and, and, you know, and I, you know, I'm not blaming the youth. We do the same thing, you know, we, we, we are. Oh, no, no,
0: there's no point in blaming anybody because these devices have been built by neuroscientists to tap into our very sort of fundamental wiring. So, you know, again, talk about the discipline required. Talk about the the, the necessity for some type of willpower to yeah. like you described with alcohol, push back against the idea of it's a coping strategy. It's a way to to dull the discomfort. You actually have to convince yourself, and I'm sorry for pivoting away from the screens for a second, but I think we've all had enough talk of screens in our lives. But when you talked about alcohol, Carlos, I remember you and I talked about the idea, use it to celebrate, right? Use it to celebrate. And so shout out to my current boss, right now, who is uh, uh, an incredible young entrepreneur in the city of Victoria, starting up a a very fledgling and and very exciting landscaping business. And his point is, I'll have a beer at the end of the day to celebrate a good day's work, right? An EOD tinny, he calls it, as opposed to this sense of trying to numb the discomfort of trying to avoid it. It's celebrating the fact that you leaned into it for eight, 10 hours (laughs) cutting hedges or digging holes. And so again what you're pointing to me now is this responsibility that we have to look at the suffering, look at the discomfort and your point about the phone is it doesn't provide that. It doesn't provide any of that to us. It 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 zombie is the right word in terms of what it does.
1: Yeah. Yeah and I and I think that you know in that transition where you are young and you're growing and you're like studying and every anything is possible. You, you, and you know, the coach is telling you what to do. The grades are telling you you're doing great or not. You're getting all this feedback all the time. You know, it's so, it's like that road that as soon as you hit the lines of the road, the the, the car starts shaking, Correct? Right. Right? You are like, you have those lines. The rumble, the rumble strips
0: on the side yeah. of the road.
1: And you have to stay in the middle, you know? As soon as you get a little away, it's like the whole car is shaking. So when you transition, it's like you get pretty much in that road and the lines disappear and then you just can go down like the hill because, you know, now, you know, if you're trying to, you know, win a race and you have too much alcohol or you don't sleep at night or, or, you know, or you or you don't work out, you're you're going to get killed at the race. Right. So but when you are on the transition, you know that you, you, you're you working, but, you know, there is no very tangible. It's like, do they like you at work or not? How do I get promoted? It's just, there is no great. It's a little, oh, the boss loves me or, you know, or oh, the economy is doing well. So I get promoted because right. it's something I have no control. Right. Or, you know, the business is doing great because, you know, we kind of got lucky that our competitor had struggled with that. I don't know. You know, there is a lot of things that are, not not really, to your performance, and you are lucky or unlucky and 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 all of a sudden, like you have to start putting limits to yourself mm. now there is nobody doing them. so you you have to start and and I think a lot of people struggle with that. like you know, when you're training, you can eat anything you want because you're training all the time, right? and you're training hard. So you know that's one of the good pleasures I remember about being like a competitive rower. That you are always skinny and you're eating a lot. But then all of a sudden you 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 have to spend all this energy doing other things than that is not physical, that is mental or working, or you know, a stress or whatever. And then you you wanna eat the same way because as as the alcohol, the food numbs you. But then your body is not going to react the same way. Right. And and you are just desperate. You say, what's going on with me? I'm exhausted. I don't have energy to exercise. If I don't eat or drink alcohol, I'm going to kill myself. But then you need to learn to cope with that. Oh, you know, embracing the suck. And then you need to start one day, say, you know what, here I'm going to put these limits. And I think Mm. what Rowan gave us is it taught us sacrifice and it taught us that we didn't do the work we couldn't achieve the goal so at least we know what it takes to get there
0: yeah you've so now we've got the rumble strips <laughs> we've, we've got the parachute and and really what both of them require is the role that we play in the creation of those you know that we build them that and they're unique to each person right everyone's um, parachutes going to be different in terms of what it is that they put into it to create that healthy landing right that healthy jumping out of the, that's that's safe but also sort of um, thrilling jump out of the plane and and it, it, it's different when you're in your 30s your 40s your 50s because your responsibilities have changed and what I'm feeling today we've done Carlos is set up, a few conversations that we know we have some incredible people wanting to have, and we can't wait to bring them forward to our community. But those conversations needed some context, right? They needed to be oriented. You use an expression, you say, imagine us sitting around the table, and we put an apple in the middle of the table, and then we're gonna cut it up, right? And we're gonna we're gonna make sure that our entire focus is on that apple, that it's it's not distracted. And I think now the word transition, I mean, we've asked a lot of questions I don't think we've answered today, but I think there's gotta be people out there that have some answers to those questions or they have the same questions we're having. I mean, I, this seems very consistent with a lot of the conversations I have with former teammates, um, with, with members of my community. Um, yeah, just maybe w- where are you feeling we've got to today and how, how are you feeling about this sort of topic?
1: I, I think, you know, I think to me, you know, to to summarize what I have in my head, I will say, you know, we. I feel I struggle with the transition, and and I will I will I will be, you know, strong. I, I will think that many people struggle with transitions, and the majority of people struggle and are not prepared, and it's part of life. And um, I will say that, um, it helps me. I uh, think that helps me. To grow through the transitions and to bring peace is thinking about the basics mm. and thinking about that I have the more important things are covered and I'm very thankful for that. And I'm and and many people in the in, in Europe or North America have the basics covers. And um we just think we need more. And I'm not saying you know, more is not better, but you know, you only need the basics to 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 be able to move forward in life and you know to 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 have like a good life, you know, a lot of people have nothing, and and the other thing is, you know that that discon that bringing that balance of of discomfort or of um, you know, hurt or pain to 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 just don't get numb to that kind of roller coaster that it keeps growing, and then you just all of a sudden you don't know where you are because you you don't have a balance of, you know, with time or you're so busy that you don't have time to enjoy the little things. And to me, it's been important. And um, the physical discomfort, you know, cutting on things that give me pleasure so that I can appreciate when I have them, that they're a gift and they are not just something I get because it's available, but I get it as a reward. And uh, that's personal decisions. You know, nobody enforces that on me. And and that's self um Self it no, I will say self um directed. You know, yes, yeah, self-directed to me. I don't I'm I'm not having a coach for that. You know, is when I was rowing, like the coach will tell me you need to do an extra hour if you want to get in that boat. It, it was easier. That's the problem of the transition. All of a sudden, you know, how many let me ask you a question, Barney? When you were training, you know, with the national team, you know, with Mike Brockling, that was, you know, one of the most um Intense coaches on the way of workload. Uh, you know, I, 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 I don't know everyone or the successful coaches the workload, but I know his workload was. I don't think you could do more. And um, if he didn't show up to practice and he says voluntarily, um, how many people would have done as much as he asked for?
0: Uh, very few, right? And because, it was a
1: survival, yeah. correct?
0: Yeah, it was exactly what you talked about in terms of someone creating a structure, right? Someone creating a culture, uh, an environment, and some expectations. And, I, and, I, and I, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. That's what we needed and required. But what you just said is kind of the takeaway, which is when you transition out
1: of those environments,
0: it's now up to you to do that. It's up to you to push.
1: And that's hard, Barney. That's hard because you've been told all along, even if you work really hard, you show up tomorrow at 6.30 a.m., you sit on the boat, you get to the starting of the lake and I'll tell you what we do. You are not thinking, I don't care about your opinion. You're gonna do the workload I ask you and those are the goals of the practice. And you thrive into this environment because it's so simple and it's so directed. And you believe on that coach that he's going to help you to get to where you want. But all of a sudden, you're at the top of the plane and they they push you out and you have to make decisions on your own that you haven't been trained for. And it gets tough. Yeah. And everybody, I believe everybody struggles. And 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 the process is how do you learn that those struggles are normal, everybody goes through them, and you start putting limits, and you start being your own coach, you know, I, I think that's the thing, you go from being coached by coaching yourself well, and, to be able to survive.
0: And, and Carlos, what, what an appropriate um, transition again to the final sort of thing we wanted to talk about today, and, and, and really obviously acknowledge, which is what a privilege this experience has been for us, that, that the universe has brought us together with the amazing technology. Again, I think that's really important to reiterate. I don't think there's any part of you or I that's saying it's not an incredible time to be alive. It's a fascinating time to be alive. The, the, the sense of opportunity, the, the number of different choices that are available to us are greater than they've ever been before. You know, we're not sitting there being told you're going to wake up uh, when you're 18 years old and in and, and, and God forbid foreign or previous times, off you go to war or off you go to um, farm the fields, you know, or, or there, there's a, a sense of freedom that as you noted has been granted to us and a sense of opportunity has been granted to us. This platform, the fact that you and I get to do a podcast, it's all rooted in exactly what you just talked about, which is that we don't have all the answers, but together as a community, when we come together, we share thoughts. We create some sort of rumble strips. We create our parachute. And, and, and that's what I really wanted to make sure we touched on today as we go forward at this you know moment in time of this project that you politely said we would do till December 31st, 2023. So we're through the first 500 now. We've had incredible conversations with some very, very special guests. We've had over 2,000 people uh, listen to our episodes. You know, we've had 50 different countries, um, you know, residents in 50 different countries listening to our episodes. What a gift. And it's all because I think deep down we know by sharing our experiences, we're getting something back in return. And, and I just wanted to tease that out as a, as a sort of final talking point today. You know, how's this been for you? Because we put hours and hours into this and I just, can safely say, as you talked about gratitude, thank you to you, Carlos, for giving me this sounding board, this support, as I sort of work through these parenting challenges and relationship challenges and life challenges. But what's the creative process been like for you, given that three, four months ago, we we didn't know what this was?
1: Well, I mean, first, um, I like challenges. And again, we we, we, we are were are thriving by challenges and and pushing and and trying to do something purposeful. So I I when we 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 decided to do it, you know, it was something I didn't know how it was gonna work or why, you know, I did. And I like that unknown, and I like that I had to prepare somehow. I had to, you know, to to learn through the process. So that that was that's been fascinating to to be able to start something that didn't exist and to make it to something with no pressure you know nobody's paying us any money we're not putting any ads in it we just you know we just do it because we love to do it it is brought me the chance to to get closer to you um you're a very interesting person you you know i i think that you know you things you've been through your life and um and through your youth you know makes who, who you are and and you know and you had challenges and i and it's been good to see you um transition and grow you know through the conversations and realize mm. things as i did so i i enjoy that um i i've been able to to get close to amazing people you have brought to the podcast to be honest like i i love um being able to talk to people and that are fast that are passionate about something that are good at something that have put a lot of effort mm-hmm. and you have brought some amazing um people to, to to these conversations that I, I just will never had got into a conversation with them. It wasn't because of you bringing them or, or asking right. them the podcast. And then and then the podcast has helped me and I hope it's helping a lot of people to that don't have the time to do a podcast or don't have the energy because you know it is it takes time to to reflect. It's helped me to reflect on the path I have been through, on the good and the bad, on the learned lessons, and and be present of what do I'm doing now. If it's important to me, matters, and you know what is the things that I want to focus my energy in today and tomorrow. And the 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 podcast or these conversations has helped me to be more you know, asking me the questions and and being more sure that I Mm. am on the right path because there is only one path, Barney. One thing I realize is. I'm not going to be young anymore and I'm not going to be, you know, yesterday. All I have is now and whatever I have in front of me, that is an unknown. So I better get my shit together Mm. and you know, enjoy it or make it that this works for me, because one thing I'm panicking about is to be in my dead bed and regretting yeah. that I wasted my time. And that is, you know, in my, it's like in my forehead tattoo. Like people tattoo, you know, Yeah. I don't know, like I love that mountain or I love whatever, or like, yeah. you know, I will tattoo, you know, no regrets, right? No right. regrets. And 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 you know, I, listen, we all have some regrets. You know, I made right. lots of mistakes. I did wrong things, and we all learn through messing up. But you know, this moment in time now is helping me to say, okay, if I wasted time, I don't want to waste anymore. Right. Like, I, right. you know, I have control over now and the future. Yes. I'm not going to get caught about yep. blaming the past or, oh, I did that, or I gained, you know, 50 yep. pounds. What I'm going to do? Well, get over it. It's, over. It's, it's reality. Just focus on the now and the steps you're going to make to enjoy, you know, the gift you have that is the time ahead. And, you know, and I'm trying to don't complain. Don't no, be I, a whiner. Don't be like all the time, you know, complaining when, you know, there is so many people out there that have it so much worse than I do.
0: No, I I, I share that sentiment that I, I feel this is an incredible creative process. It's a privilege. It's a, it's, a tr- it's a representation of our privilege. I actually am feeling more and more that it's a responsibility we have. You know, we hear these phrases all the time. The universe throws at you exactly what you can handle at all times. Everything happens for a reason. Somehow, some way, you and I have been brought together to have a platform for others to listen and reflect, as you said. And through that reflection, I believe, I really do believe, Carlos, that they are going to help their individual communities. I believe that if someone is committed to growth and self, then they can help so many more people. then then you and I can help. And that's what I keep coming back to with this platform is people share things they enjoy. And so I think we absolutely owe it to our community to thank them today for the growth that they have provided to this platform because it's been each and every one of them sharing it with someone you know, the episode, obviously, with Craig Americanian and Jake Wetzel has now charged to the top. It's the most listened to episode. That's because of their community. It's because of those people in their community supporting them, learning from them. And I know that we're just on the sort of starting uh, sort of point of, of, of where we're going with this, because our next two guests. Um, We'll we'll keep our our powder dry, as they say, in terms of sort of keeping uh, you guessing who's coming. But the two of them are going to blow your minds in terms of their perspective and their request of us to do this process, to take this step and define the intentionality of these conversations and to focus on a topic. And that topic, I think today for me, Carlos, has come to the surface it's it's a set of transitions life is filled with them it's a roller coaster um and and you know i just hope people will reach out to us we've had great feedback uh either through email the rowing at gmail.com we've had people give us individual feedback about things they enjoy things they want us to improve yes scott franson we will always continue to get to the point don't worry about that but deep down my gut says Carlos that we were brought together for something bigger than ourselves and I I, I just yeah really look forward to our next conversation um and, and I just leave you with the final word today in terms of our our episode and 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 how this is uh, setting you up in terms of moving forward
1: oh I think I I said it you know I'm 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 looking forward for the next episode and the guest
0: well, until the next time, thank you for listening. We hope that it was a great run that you had, that you enjoyed a, a nice cup of coffee or a, a a good glass of wine if it was a celebration at the end of a, a tough day. Or, you know, for those that are listening on the weekends, please, you know, you know, take us with you into whatever uh, activities you're doing—mountain uh, biking or or or, or uh, long distance running—and um, and just yeah. Until the next time, we'll uh, pick things up. Um, with some great guests and have a fantastic day.